Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know, and today we are going to be taking a look at another series from DC Universe. So if you remember, a while back, I went episode by episode and did the first season of Titans, and shortly thereafter, pretty much considered just turning it in on uh, the DC Universe app there. But, you know, I got it for a year, there's some other stuff coming out. Young Justice, the new season, is halfway done. It should be returning pretty soon. It is very, very interesting. But I'm here to talk about another show that just debuted uh, this past Friday, I believe, uh, February 15th. It was teased or sort of... I mean, I don't know if we want to call it a spinoff of Titans, but it was definitely teased in, uh, I think it was episode four of Titans. Of course, I'm talking about Doom Patrol. So... This past Friday, the first episode came out, and it was pretty much titled Pilot. Uh, I'd like to rename it to DC Just Save Themselves because I'm going to keep the subscription service because, wow, this show, absolutely amazing. Much better than Titans. So I'm going to take a look at the first episode, Pilot, and I'm going to try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible. Some spoilers might slip in there. If I kind of know I'm about to spoil something, I will try to give you a heads up if you haven't watched it yet. But really, uh, I I would say just go out and watch it. If you were turned off by Titans, don't worry. This is completely different. Now, what makes this show so great is its cast. Right off the bat, we're starting off with one of my favorite actors, excellent character actor, Alan Tudyuk. Uh, he was Hoban Wash on Firefly, Serenity. Um, you know, he's just, he's one of these guys, you might not know the name, but when you see him, you're like, oh yeah, that guy. I've seen him. Well, he is the narrator, and he is the main villain. Uh, He plays Eric Morden, a.k.a. Mr. Nobody. Now, before we go any further, I'm just going to say that before this show, and even before seeing them uh, on Titans, I was really not very familiar at all with Doom Patrol. I mean, I knew that they were a comic from the 60s. They were sort of DC's answer to the X-Men. I mean, you got the chief who's in a wheelchair. You have a cast of kind of misfits and outcasts. This was sort of DC's take on the X-Men. They kind of went through a resurgence. I think Grant Morrison took the helm. And from what I understand, and this is something I actually kind of liked about DC Universe... Uh, before the series premiered, they kind of released or they kind of highlighted uh, some of the comics that probably you should read before watching this series. And, you know, I'm not really one for reading a comic on a device, on a handheld device or a computer or anything, but I figured I really don't know that much about them, really kind of outside from what I saw in Titans. So I read a few of the issues, so it kind of gave me an idea of what to expect. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. But like I said, Alan Tudyuk, who plays Mr. Nobody, uh, he narrates it. And first of all, this is why he's one of the best character actors that we have out there right now. Uh, Just the voice that he uses as as Mr. Morden, as Mr. Nobody, it really, really kind of sets the scene. It kind of sets the tone for this series. This is a series, my impression is, after watching Pilot, is that this is... It's a mix of seriousness 
and just kind of campy, self-deprecating humor. This is a TV show about heroes that knows it's a TV show about heroes, that knows all the tropes and jokes and things about it, points it out, but kind of plows right through and really puts out a good series. And it looks like Mr. Nobody, and again, I'm not that familiar with a lot of these characters, but Mr. Nobody, his ability is pretty much to alter reality. So much so that he almost has a sense, kind of like Deadpool does, that this stuff isn't real. It's like Mr. Nobody knows that he's on a TV show, and it's a TV show about a misfit band of heroes, and... You know, he he mentions things, you know, and again, spoilers real quick here. He mentions things, you know, during his narration like, uh, you know, oh, here we go. Another show about a misfit band of heroes coming together. Have you hung yourself yet? Uh, he says, you know, the critics are going to really hate this show. Um, in the beginning, he says, you know, this show is starting off like a lot of them do with a visit to a Nazi. Um it's just, you know, we don't see him. I mean, we see him as Mr. Morden in the beginning. He narrates the entire episode. And this is the, the pilot episode was an hour long. I'm going to assume that every episode of Doom Patrol is going to be an hour long, which I think, first of all, that's a big advantage over Titans. They're not trying to cram and jam stuff within a shorter period of time. Because really, in this episode, we get introduced to the Doom Patrol, we get introduced to the key members, Crazy Jane, Elasta Woman, um, Negative Man, and Robot Man. We kind of get their origins, really more Robot Man than anything. He's kind of our lead-in into the Doom Patrol. Uh, in an hour, we kind of get four origins, one of them fleshed out, the other two kind of not really done quickly. I mean... They're brief, but you get the idea. Uh, and Crazy Jane, we get a little bit of info on her, and that's really about it. Um, and like I said, you know, in this in this hour, we get their origins. We kind of get the feel for the series. We're introduced to Mister Nobody, who is going to be their villain, it seems. And you know, it's like away we go. Mister um, Nobody is very aware. Like I said, he's very aware that he's on a TV show. Uh, he's pointing this out. He's pointing out kind of the stereotypes and sort of like I said, like the jokes and things that come along with superhero TV shows. But the show does a really good job of kind of embracing that and, and going forward. Uh, again, like I said, another reason that I really, really enjoy this show is the acting. Um, Brendan Fraser. Remember him? I sure do. I was always a big fan of his. He plays uh, Clifford Steele, a.k.a. Robot Man. Now, he does the voice, and in flashback scenes where we see Clifford Steele as a NASCAR driver, uh, he, he portrays him. Riley Shanahan is the man inside the suit. He's the man in the Robot Man suit. Now, you're going to say, okay, you know, if you've seen clips of it, I mean, it's an, it's an expressionless robot that walks around with a human brain in it. Who cares who's inside the suit? Between Brendan Fraser's voice and Riley Shanahan's movements and body language, you understand who Robot Man is. Uh, you understand, you know, the trials that he's been through, the suffering that he's been through. Uh, again, spoilers real quick here if you haven't watched yet. 
you know, we get, like I said, we get his origin. Uh, he's a NASCAR driver, not exactly the nicest guy, cheats on his wife. Uh, we kind of get the impression that he, well, we get the impression that he really, really loves his daughter, but at the same time, he also kind of says that he really wasn't the best father. You know, he was there, but most times he really wasn't there. Um, and we see that, and, you know, seeing in the comics, his origin in the comics is, is he's involved in a horrific car accident during a race. And that's what's sort of teased here, is it looks like that this accident that uh, Cliff Steele suffers is during a race. As the episode sort of unfolds and comes towards the end, and his memories start to return, we see that that's not the case. He's, he narrowly, you know, he escapes... You know, what could be a catastrophic accident on on the track and he sort of realizes that his life is in disarray uh he calls his wife he wants to make amends he picks up his wife and daughter probably from his in-laws house he's driving them back home and it looks like he's kind of on the road to making himself a better person when there was a horrific car accident um He's initially told that he is the only survivor. We go on to find out that his daughter, who was in the back seat, that she also survived as well. And, you know, you know that this is really going to be a big thing in the series. The fact that, you know, Robot Man Clifford Steele now knows that his wife, uh, sorry, that his daughter is alive. And for the past seven years, no, it's longer than that. But, you know, for multiple years, she's believed that both her parents are dead and you know, this is something that's really going to hang over the series. But that's the thing is, is as he's sort of realizing his situation, that he is a brain inside a robot, that, you know, because of his actions, because of his lifestyle, the way, the life choices that he made, he caused the life of his wife and at the time he thought his daughter. And we see all this contemplation and we see the years pass. And that's the thing is, um, Brendan Fraser does an excellent job you know, voicing the character, but, you know, Riley Shanahan inside the suit, like I said, you can't just dismiss it as, as a guy in a Frankenstein suit or a guy in a robot suit, you know, his movements, his body language, you know, yes, the face of, of robot man is the same expression, you know, it's red sort of, um, led eyes, but that's really about it. It almost sort of looks like a um, an iron mask from like the 20s or the 30s. But even though the mask doesn't convey any expression, the body language that's used conveys those those expressions, conveys those feelings, and it's it's just well done. Um, same note, we have Matt Bomber and Matthew Zuck portraying Larry Trainer, also known as Negative Man. It's the same thing. Matt Bomber is providing the voice and in the live action, you know, sort of pre-Negative Man origin story, he's the actor that portrays him. But again, Matthew Zuck is the man inside the suit, the man inside the mummy wrappings. Uh, you would think he's the invisible man. Uh, and again, it's the same thing. It's just, you know, with these two characters, it's the pairing of the voice actor and the actor actually inside the suit that just, just works so well. Um, a, uh, sorry, April Bowlby plays Rita Farr, Alasta Woman. Um, very, very interesting character as well. She was a starlet from the late 40s, early 50s. You can see that she is very full of herself, very, very vain, uh, just sort of a diva-type actress. When And we're not really sure. It looks like it's a, 
it's a toxic gas or a chemical or something that she's exposed to that basically her power is her entire body stretches, shrinks, grows, contracts. Um, if she focuses and concentrates, she could hold herself together and... Uh, April Bowlby is a very beautiful woman, but when she loses that focus or control or becomes fatigued, she pretty much reverts into a a blob, essentially. Uh, you know, and then we're introduced to last but not least Diane Guerrero as Crazy Jane. Uh, she was not in the Titans episode at all. You know, we're getting introduced to her here, and she's the one that gets sort of the briefest introduction. Uh, even Cliff himself, when Cliff becomes a member of the Doom Patrol or is found by the Chief and is made into Robot Man, it's several years past before Crazy Jane kind of shows up again. We find out that she has 64 distinct personalities, and each one of these personalities has a distinct ability. Um, we met a few of these personalities, you know, in this opening trailer. There's Jane, there's um, the Hangwoman's wife, I believe she called herself, there's Hammerhead, and Crazy Jane. Um, not sure who has what abilities or powers. I mean, Crazy Jane is somebody we're definitely going to learn about more and more as the series goes by. But, you know, Diane Guerrero does an excellent job of beginning to kind of show some of these distinct personalities. Now, she doesn't do as great a job as James McAvoy did in, in Glass and in Split. But, you know, look, it's the first episode. It's just getting started. She does a pretty good job. And like I said, you know, this series, I, I was really, I was excited for it, especially after seeing them in Titans. Uh, that episode, Doom Patrol, which I believe was the fourth episode of Titans, was one of my favorites, one of the few favorites I had, really, in a, just a very miserable season. And here's the thing. Here's the difference. This this show was a bit dark and gritty, but it did mix in sort of subversive humor in there. Uh, they do drop the F-bomb. I mean, liberally, religiously, they drop the F-bomb. But it fits. Unlike Titans, where it's like, let's get kids to say the F word and F Batman, and let's be dark and edgy and blood and Robin kills and beats people up and there's killing and murder and mayhem. Um, Doom Patrol, they're a bunch of misfits. They're a bunch of outcasts. Um, here's the thing. If you were a brain living inside a robot body, uh, and like Robot Man says, he can't feel pain, he can't eat, sleep, drink, feel... Uh, he can't, uh, I will clean it up a bit. He cannot make love anymore. Um, you're going to drop the F-bomb too every once in a while. You know, you're going to have a, a personality like that. Uh, if you have 64 distinct personalities and half of them are probably insane, you're going to drop the F-bomb just as liberally as well. But you look at uh, Alaska Woman, you know, who, like I said, is this actress from yesteryear and you know she's very poised and controlled i mean they're not going to have her start dropping the f-bomb just for the sake of doing it um this first episode i just i just can't say enough about it i mean it's very very good you know we get the origins like i said and we sort of get their first quote-unquote mission where basically what we learn and we see this happen uh in that episode of titans the chief Every so often, he goes out there. It's uh, his goal. Oh, the Chief. How could I not talk about the Chief? Now, I don't know the actor that played him in the episode of Titans, but they have a new actor, Timothy Dalton. Remember him? I sure do. 
He played James Bond for two seasons, or for two seasons, sorry, for two films. Uh, he was Baron on the old Flash Gordon film from the early 80s, Timothy Dalton. He definitely has a much different take on the Chief than we saw in Titans. In Titans, the Chief was sort of this guy that had this chemical or this knowledge to really sort of help people in trouble, but it almost sort of looked like he was turning them or trying to turn them into heroes. Um, He definitely had a God complex and it was pretty unusual to see that for the part of the episode we saw him in, he was walking around and then for some reason he ended up in a wheelchair, but it wasn't like it was a direct result of the incidents that happened in that episode. It was sort of like yeah, his body just breaks down and he just needs that wheelchair. It's like, it's not really explained very, very well. Timothy Dalton's in the wheelchair from the get-go. We really get the sense of he wants to help these people. You know, they're broken people. They're people that, you know, Cliff's case, I mean, he died, essentially. I mean, really, all that's left was a brain, and the chief was able to save him. You look at Rita as Alasta woman, I mean, this beautiful starlet who was very full of herself is exposed to this horrible chemical or gas or whatever it is that essentially turns her into a living blob. Uh, and especially at that time in the 50s, you would think that they would just kind of want to hide her away. He steps up to help them. It doesn't really look like he has any other ulterior motive. It's not like I'm trying to put together a super team to combat evil or to fight Mr. Nobody, who's sort of my big nemesis, like he's coming after me. And we sort of get the impression that the Nazi scientist that Mr. Nobody meets in the beginning of the episode is, in fact, the chief or the chief had some dealings with this person. Maybe he was an assistant, a partner, whatever it is, and it's not we don't get the impression that the chief is putting together the doom patrol to fight mr nobody he really wants to help them he wants to try to give them a life but he's an overprotective father he's like stay here in the doom mansion you know as they call it um and when he goes on these extended visits to kind of go out and try to find more people that need help um you know he's really like please don't leave but they all get stir crazy, especially with Crazy Jane showing up. She's like, that's it. We're going into town. And they do. And the fact that they try to sort of integrate themselves into society, it fails miserably. Um, spoilers here. Rita goes into um, like a diner and she talks to a waitress who says, you look just like that old famed actress from yesteryear. Oh gosh, what was her name again? Rita Farr. That's right. You look like her. You sound like her. So Rita hears a fan and the woman's pretty much describing how her and her father, you know, even when things were rough, they would always watch Rita Farr movies. So Rita wants to hear about it. She's like, oh, you want to hear how I bonded with my dad? She's like, no, talk about me well, or talk about Rita, basically. Uh, and things are going great until the film... Um, And it was a film that was set in Africa. You know, this is the one where Rita, we find out, was exposed to the chemical. You know, she was replaced halfway through. And then all these rumors came out. The fact that she did porn. Um, You know, is that true? Was it somebody posing as her? We really don't know. It really affects Rita. And Rita basically turns into a blob, just as Crazy Jane is switching personalities. And really get into a confrontation with some cops. Um 
negative man is trying just to fit in, but we find out that he has something living inside of him, like another being perhaps, and it's starting to break out. And and all these things are happening. Uh, Rita basically becomes a giant blob. She's kind of flowing through the city, not looking to harm anybody or anything. She's just out of control. And Cliff steps up. He's like, oh, that's right. I am a robot. And he basically stops Rita by ripping up the pavement and kind of causing a blockade. And it's it's a funny and a poignant moment where we sort of see Rita's giant blob form here dripping over the barricade and a face forms and she just goes, I want to go home. <laughs> this is going to be a great series. I mean, the pilot got off to a great start. I look back at Titan's that pilot episode was not one of my favorites at all. I, I felt it set a very negative tone where this episode for me set a very positive stone, uh, positive tone. Sorry, DC, guess what? I'm going to be holding on to the streaming service for a little while longer because I really want to see where you go with this. And who knows, you know, maybe some of the other stuff he got in the works, I'll stick. I'll stay around for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're talking about season two of Titans. I really don't care. Uh, I want to see what happens with the Doom Patrol. Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, every Friday or so, I'm going to watch the next episode or the newer episodes of Doom Patrol. And just like I did with Titans, every week uh, I'll try to, and I'll try to keep the spoilers to a minimum. But I will be talking about Doom Patrol and, of course, wrapping it up. And, you know, let's just see where this show goes. Guys, thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for listening as always. This is Jay, and I will talk to you guys later.